shit. Yeah. <laughs> is there any big issues you had? Um, no, not not having any issues. Or with the movie? Sorry. Are there any big issues? Oh, any big issues? I mean, um, I think, and this might be something you guys would disagree with me on, but uh, one thing that has frustrated me about these movies is the kind of marvelization of the comedy in Star Wars. Yeah. I just, I know it's like funny in the moment, but it kind of grates on me over time. Um, that's that's my biggest gripe is that the Last Jedi, especially, I've always separated Star Wars from superhero movies. I always felt like those were like just two distinct categories. Yeah, and the Last Jedi especially felt like a Marvel movie. This one didn't bother me as much. Um, I think. It was less cringy, that's for sure. Yeah. Another thing, though, too, I mean, so I I went back and watched all the movies, uh, all the previous Star Wars movies before this. Oh, wow, this. that's something I did not do. And uh, so, like, the original trilogy I definitely hadn't seen since, like, college. The prequels I hadn't seen in a long time. I've rewatched the prequels um, a little bit. They, you know, the story's there for as much as people give them shit. Yeah, the story's, the story's there. there. It's just, like, the... Characters um, aren't basically. Yeah, but so one thing I, I did notice is, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people have rose-colored glasses on a lot of the the older Star Wars, and there's certainly cringe comedy in there. To your point, I think. Yeah, but it's like uh, I think it's more limited to certain characters, whereas like all the other characters kind of are have have distinct perspectives that they stay on and it's like those perspectives that like make them funny yeah. like they to use like an improv term they all have games you know leia is kind of uptight um but she's also a badass um and very committed and, and wants to get things done whereas han is like hyper skeptical um reluctant yeah. uh and you know luke is just like naive and uh and uh you know always seeing the best in people and uh and so the comedy is always filtered through through those perspectives, whereas uh, in this, in this, in the sequels, it it kind of feels like the characters are just quip machines, and that any of the characters could have said any of these quips at any time. That's true. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good point. So yeah, I hadn't fully developed that. Like more of my thing on the the Marvel comparison is like. I don't know, especially like like Leia levitating in like the Last Jedi and yeah. stuff. And just these little quirks where like, just doesn't. It feels more like a superhero movie to me than a Star Wars movie. A little bit, yeah. That kind of stuff. So, it was moment moments like that is is what got me on the Marvel comparison. But I haven't done a lot of thinking as far as the the humor goes. But yeah, so I I agree with your point where I I definitely agree with your point where you say a lot of the comedy in these are interchangeable where. Some of the previous movies, it's like, yeah, they might have generally similar amounts of comedy, but like you said, they're there's they're pinpointed to one person and for yeah, they're reasons. they're informing the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's your take on the comedy, Cole? Um, I think the marvelization is there. I feel like the quips are just um, what here? Yeah. Um, I think the quips are just they they have a different feel to them than than the original like original or the prequels. Um. And it is definitely, I mean, it's a marvelization, like you said. Yeah. Let's, um, let's pick this up inside. Yeah. I'll put a pause. Hold on. Yeah. That's my stuff right there, Star Wars leaks. Uh, yeah, because it's like, uh, 
I don't know, I almost like the news of Star Wars more than I like Star Wars itself. Same way with gaming. <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there's something to that. So, let's talk about, uh, you know, the things that we enjoyed uh, with this one. <laughs> Sorry, that totally fucked up the sound. No. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to get the conversation going. No, you're fine. Um, I... Well, I think you touched on it when we were discussing it earlier, but, like, I really enjoyed the scope of this one. Um, the yeah. CGI was really, really effective at showing, like, a really, really big, like, giant, like, the like the temple, I guess? Whatever, like, the base? Whatever the Sith the thing Sith was? Temple? Yeah, the yeah. Sith temple. Uh, like, it was just, it was fucking massive. And it really did a good job of that. I just also, I really enjoyed the beats in this story a lot more than I enjoyed, like, Force Awakens or Rise of Sky, or... Uh, Last Jedi. Thank you, Last Jedi. It was easier to follow. It was. It was a little more linear. It was not a Ryan Johnson film. <laughs> well, yeah. So Ryan Johnson with Last Jedi, I felt uh, it, it definitely took like way too many twists and turns in a way that it almost felt like it was sputtering, uh, spinning its wheels, uh, just not really getting anywhere. Like it felt uh, like Ray spelled, spent an inordinate amount of time on Octu or whatever, however it's pronounced. Um, and that and that kills some sense of momentum, I think. Drinking that green milk. Yeah. Where mm. and mm. and the side the side mission didn't have like a lot of uh, momentum either, which you know contrasts with Empire, where you know Luke may just be on Dagobah, but it feels like he's getting somewhere spiritually with the Force, so that creates a sense of momentum. Uh, whereas in Last Jedi, you're kind of getting jerked around constantly, and you don't know what to think about the Force or about the Jedi. Um, and to me, I know some people consider that, you know, a, a welcome challenge and something they welcome in a Star Wars movie. Um, but to me, I think it kind of betrayed the original vision that George had for, for the Force and what it meant. Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Um, things I liked. Um, <laughs> I you, you guys are the hosts. Come on. Yeah. Uh, you're our, you're the guest. Um... I would say, though, like, I liked the expanse of it as well. I think overall, and this is just, you know, personal and, and ticky-tacky, um, there was a little, uh, it's a little too dark overall with, like, the graphics and stuff. Like, everything, like, you know, uh, Exegol and all, I, I get, you know, it's Sith planets and all yeah. this stuff. It, it should be a little dark, but there's yeah. almost a little too much contrast of, like, when they were on the 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 desert planet where Chewbacca got captured and stuff and it's like you know I know in previous movies like I think Force Awakens especially there was a purpose of like we're not overly CGIing we're mm -hmm. trying to do all this stuff fairly naturally yeah. and I think this one was a little on the other extreme a little too overboard I do think a lot of, of the CGI was effective but I do think the darkness is something that you're spot on about and I think I, that yeah. was something that hurt Solo as well. Um, I, I, I like Solo, but I, I will be the first to say that that movie did not look good um, because how kind of like dark and murky it was. And I do, like, to your point too, I do think the CGI was effective. I think it was well done. It's just, it was a little too much for me. That being said, all the talk of like how Leia's going to go and, you know, obviously because Carrie Fisher passed, I thought that was just fine. I yeah, didn't notice fine. any issues. I mean, there's the the flashback when they're training Luke and Leia and, and they're younger and 
there oh. was a little, like, Leia didn't look that felt very, very wrong. good. <laughs> that was worse so, than Rogue One. Well, the thing, what I, I laughed so hard when that happened because Mark, the Mark, the Mark Hamill CG looked phenomenal in yeah. the, in the, same, yeah, in the Carrie Fisher looked terrible. Same. Well, maybe they just got Sebastian Stan and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, like, the actual, I gotta like, like, when... Leia and Ray hugged. I wonder. They probably just took that directly from Force Awakens and like took out the background and stuff. Yeah, but, I think that's what um, they did. So I think they did a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. But I mean, I was happy with it because yeah, the, the only the only moment was that flashback scene. But what they did of her in the present, um, I thought they did very well. Yeah, it just felt uh, all the Leia stuff felt like a little shallow i guess like uh i don't know it felt like they didn't put enough thought into it to a degree and i felt like the john williams score did all the heavy lifting there do you think it was that or do you think you just kind of went in with a chip on your shoulder because carrie fisher passed no no i I, you know i I want them to do like a fitting tribute to leia like you know it's not like uh i i I want them to fail you know (laughs) i was i was looking forward to seeing how that they would they, they would deal with that and it just felt uh you know, I mean, Leia, sure. Um, I think, well, okay, so let's get back to that scene where Leia does die. Um, so Leia is, you know, calling out to Ben through the Force to, you know, wake him up um, and, and and turn him, much in the way that, you know, Luke turned Vader. Uh, and in that moment when he pauses because Leia calls out, uh, Ray, spoiler alert, stabs him right in the there, uh, gut. There'll be a spoiler alert at the beginning of this. Yeah. <laughs> This is all spoilers. About that. Yeah, I mean, that's just implied here. Um, but, yeah, that, that moment affected me a lot. Um, so it was kind of, like, weird to see something that Leia did, like, gave Rey the opportunity to, like, unleash the Palpatine inside of herself. And, of course, Rey is mortified instantly after she's done it. And, like, so was I. My mouth was agape. Um, and she goes to yeah. heal uh, Ben, which, you know, was a, was a good moment because it was, like, kind of harkening back to when she healed that monster earlier, and then it gets paid off later again when Ben uses that same Force power to bring her back. It felt like that yeah. that use of the Force, which is something we haven't seen a ton of in other Star Wars movies, no. was um, a, a really great recurring um, trope, I think, in the movie, and something that I think helped pull it together thematically in ways that the other movies in the sequel trilogy uh, you know, had. I definitely agree. I think that, that moment with um, Leia uh, reaching out to Ben and then I, I thought that whole scene played like, like it was perfect. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. they, I don't think they could have done it better. Um, I think the heartbreak was genuine with Le- with Leia, um, like passing because she's linked to Ben. Like, I really like. I thought that was a really good way to kind of. Um, it was a good death, I guess. It was very effective. Um, besides the fact that it was very you know emotional and and all this, I think it everything just played really well. I feel like it could have gone so awry and yeah. it did not at all. I think everything stayed really true. Um, and and. I, I don't know. I, I thought that whole the whole scene on the planet with the Death Star, that other moon of Endor, um, I thought everything was f- phenomenal. Yeah, much better water world and scene than Camino as you well. Know, okay, wait. I like Camino a lot. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, a cool scene. I always love that fight between Jango Fett and Obi Wan. It's fine enough, but I liked how where in like Camino, everything's just like okay, it's rainy. Um, the water's rough. In in here, this one, it was a bit more... Um, there's more detail to it, I'll say. But, uh, yeah, things things I liked. Um, I, like I said, we talked about 3PO's Finest Hour. I appreciated that. Um, I think 
Finn had much more going on than in The Last Jedi, so I appreciated that. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed, as soon as, you know, towards the beginning of the movie, when Ray's like, I'm going to do this alone, and the group is like, no, we're coming with you, and as soon as I knew, you knew that's like, okay, this is going to be the group, and they're going to go on and, and do an adventure, um, I felt really good about that, because like, okay, this is this is what I want. I want these guys together doing adventures. I felt at first a little odd that like C-3PO was there doing it and not R2-D2, but... You know, I think I think it makes sense. Um, obviously, C-3PO played a role with decoding the dagger, um, and Leia staying on the base, knowing you know scriptwriter and stuff. She's she's gonna pass. You want like R2D2 was right there on her deathbed, so yeah, you know you, you wanted somebody there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and R2D2 has that like physical connection to Leia because yep. you know at the beginning. You yep. Know, so um, I think that was a real nice touch. Um, so yeah, I think you know overall, and certainly you know the theme of this movie was you know. Uh, unity and, and creating family and, and being there for each other. Yeah, and but and, and not but beyond family, like also like uh, kind of like an ancestral, like uh, honoring your ancestors almost. I think it was all about destiny. It's always been about destiny, I guess. But destiny, yeah. Well, uh, but they're you know to a certain extent, a lot of the characters are going against their ancestral destiny, though, too. Yeah. Well, no, the yeah, that's what I mean. There, but um, mm -hmm. and it's like you know it's the battle between good and evil, and like you know you have all of the past good people in history behind you and you know Palpatine has all of the evil behind him and uh, yeah. I thought that was like a really kind of like a cool dynamic and something that made uh, it feel like it had you know gigantic stakes and this is something that's been yeah. raging throughout the galaxy for thousands and thousands of years but we're finally going to put an end to it all and all of the people who gave that their, gave their lives to like you know to this struggle um, are, are behind Ray in this moment and that, and that felt really powerful and I thought yeah. honored Star Wars in a good way, um, which is really all that these movies can do without George Lucas. Like, all they can do mm -hmm. is try to honor Star Wars. They can't yeah. be Star Wars, right. unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and so that was them honoring Star Wars, and I thought it was good. They did a good job of doing it. I do think, too, and you know, maybe part of it, too, is that Carrie Fisher died and they had to figure out how to adapt. But again, I mentioned this, this is so far my favorite movie of the new trilogy. Um, and I think maybe one of those reasons is they they really fully let the new cast gave them enough space to shine that wasn't too over. Like, you know, the first movie, there's a ton of, of Han Solo. Um, second movie, there's a lot of Luke Skywalker. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you want these classic characters in there, but I think they almost gave them a little too much screen time and, yeah. and no, hand-holding to the new characters. And, and this one was their movie to go and do yeah. their thing. And it still had enough. You know, it had enough Carrie Fisher. Yeah. It had enough Billy Dee Williams. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't overbearing. But to an to a to an extent, to me, it was a little too little too late, um, and and that kind of caused me to not yeah. feel like the same emotions I feel for you know Luke, Leia, and Han um, for these characters, and I wish they had. That's been, true. And, I and wish they had been doing this. The yeah. Whole time, so you know? in that same way, I mentioned earlier how once it was okay, this is going to be all that group going off and doing adventures, Ray, Poe, Finn, all that. Like okay, perfect. Yeah. But you almost got the feeling like where was this? And they had two movies to do this before. Where where was this before? Yeah. So yeah. I I totally get what you mean. It was, I mean, it was a big payoff, though, because of that, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, it did feel that much sweeter, because it, it has been so kind of disjointed and all over the place in the, in the previous two films. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Two things, not necessarily gripes, but two, two questions, um, and see if, you know, you guys picked up on it better than I did. It kind of would have been a little nice, I guess, to, to get a little bit of an explanation of how Palpatine survived. 
Yeah. Um, well, um, I, I felt like I, I kind of understood it. Um, like, he was basically, like, brought back from the dead uh, with technology or the Force. Who did it? I wait. It was explained. It was explained. Was it? it did? Uh, I think they kind of gave some kind of explanation. I thought it was just more or less like your hate kept you alive. Or his hate kept you al- him alive. There is like I mean, there's some... just such a definitive... We watched we watched Return of the Jedi last night, mm-hmm. and, I don't know, he, there's the big explosion when he gets thrown down that yeah, shaft. Yeah, so it's Maybe like... that's like his It was cloning, it was cloning. Because remember, they, they referenced, like, Sith technology, like, you know, and... Uh, well, because that's well, the EU, right? Like, in I the thought... EU, Palpatine's cloned, and that's how he survives. Yeah, right? there's, like, multiple clones or something? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't get the vibe that he was a clone, because he was, like... Same. Disintegrated. He looked like he was dead yeah. already. Yeah, it looked um, like it was his corpse. But that you had been saw reanimated. like you saw all those Snoke clones, mm-hmm. which not shocking by any means. Um, it's always Snoke. I felt is one of the one of my biggest gripes with the sequel series, just because he always felt so like forced and tacked on. Yeah, and like this being like the end of him is him just being like a bunch of clones floating in a vat. It's kind of like, yeah, you guys really just did not try. You were like. Yeah, he's just, he's the big bad guy, like, whatever. Um, it, well, yeah. I think the issue with Snoke always was, is that, um, you know, with things in Star Wars, there's tropes, and there's only so high you can heighten a trope. And with the Emperor, he was the literal height of evil. You can't mm-hmm. get more evil than the Emperor. So that's why the S- Snoke just feels like dead weight when you introduce him. Yeah, because, I mean, so, you know, beginning of the trilogy... Kylo Ren's goal is to become as good as Vader, better than Vader. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about his character is you know he's never going to reach that yeah. because he's got conflict and mm-hmm. he's never going to be Vader. One of the most compelling things and about him. That's mm-hmm. what makes it interesting. You wish they would have done something like that with a Snoke because instead they just go like, okay, here he is. He's going to be your fill-in for the Emperor and you know it's, it's just kind of hollow because you know yeah. it's not there. And so they had to retcon it basically and yeah. say, you know what, he was just the Emperor the whole time, whatever. So that was the one thing. The other thing, um, you know, when they're falling in the quicksand, which again, I love, <laughs> um, you know, Finn's got the, the I gotta tell you something, and my guess <laughs> is what that, like, my assumption is that he knew, because they mentioned that Leia knew Rey was a Palpatine, my assumption is that secret is that Finn knows that too. That mm. Leia told Finn. Yeah. Is that what you guys got out of that, or what? What I think was it's a possible interpretation? I um, or at least he knows more about her background than he he's a, he would be able to tell her something that he knew. I thought it was as basic as just he was gonna say I love you. I I, I didn't I get any feeling. I didn't get any vibes. Didn't JJ Abrams that. say something about it? I think I saw like a headline saying like JJ Abrams confirms what the the Tim was going to tell him what rang. Oh. Uh, yeah, I said I, I the last like week I didn't look up any Star Wars stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'm do a deep dive uh, uh, starting today. But that'll be fun. That was yeah. I don't know because. I mean, I could see, uh, I don't, because that really wouldn't make sense to me. Like, okay, Leia. Oh yeah, it doesn't make sense. She's a Palpatine, sure. Why would she necessarily tell Finn and not tell Ray? So maybe that doesn't make sense. Maybe it is, you know, yeah, Finn telling Ray about his feelings for her. But I don't know. We did get so 
there's something. I think this movie kind of confirmed a little bit too that Finn's got some force abilities because he was feeling well, the connection with th- Ray. Th- that's important to me because I think um, one thing that I think people don't understand about Star Wars is like, yes, there are force sensitive people, but that doesn't mean that other people don't have the force entirely. It's just not heightened to the degree that it is in people that are force sensitive. So sure. Finn, just by being a fucking human being, uh, being like a creature, uh, something that's alive in the universe, he can feel something through the force mm-hmm. because I think that's like the most basic force ability is just the feeling, the feeling of oneness with all things. Sure. And that's a huge George Lucas conception. Yeah. And that's so important to Star Wars. And I'm glad that they honored that in this movie. And I also felt like anytime they build on the abilities of what the force can do in a way that I feel like is in line with George Lucas's original vision is awesome to me. And I think the, the way that they do the kind of conversations that Ray and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Ben have in the movie where it's like um, they're literally facing each other from where they are and like things from one one side can pop into the other and vice versa. Um, to me, that is like such a perfect extension of the way that George Lucas envisioned the Force where it's like kind of like psychic battle almost. Like, yeah. you know, these people are so advanced and so powerful in their mastery of the Force that they can literally like, you know, psychically um, engage with each other. Um, to, to that to that point, and that's cool as fuck to me. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of something because we so we just watched the despecialized original trilogy. Yeah. With the past couple weeks. Shoutouts to Harmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and Sean and uh, one of my biggest things I kept coming back to is like there's a one scene in Empire where Vader is force choking someone through a computer. Yeah. And I always thought it was so dumb, and I got like really mad again what? when we were watching it because it's just like. It's only in that one scene you never see it again. He, it's always like he's always force choking someone when they're in front of me, when they're in front of them. He's always throwing them when they're well, in front of me. How many opportunities does he get to force choke people? Well, I mean. No, no, no. I mean like all of the scenes where they're using the force Great in force the original. Choke in this well, movie. it was because the new one, by the way, yeah. it's because they're heightening the force choking thing. So it's like they start out George. I mean, um, Vader's just like force choking a guy at a at a meet. Well, you know, it starts out Vader's literally just choking a guy with his hand, right? That's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Then it heightens to him force choking a guy at the. Uh, at the conference table. Then, by Emperor Empire, he's literally force-choking people through the fucking, like, Skype screen. Yeah. Like, it just, like, his abilities get more and more heightened as, like, you need to wow the audience to a more and more degree. To the point in this movie where we see somebody get force-choked and then slammed against a ceiling. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's like, where can you go from there? Just have, like, the fucking Sith Lord, like, have somebody explode right before your eyes? True. I don't know. Where do you go? Um, yeah, <sighs> the, the, uh, that whole psychic bond, though, like, I think they, I mean, they introduced that, obviously, with the sequel series, kind of like the whole, I have to go real soon, by the way. I yeah, got, we can like, wrap this I got, up, like, we're at, I like, got, like, 20 minutes in, so. I got, like, four minutes, okay. so that's fine. Um, uh, I will say that, the, just to focus on that one thing, I really like how the, it evolved kind of through each movie, like, the, the link that Ray yeah. and, and Ben had. Yeah. Um, and I think the way they did that in this movie was so phenomenal. Um, just like those, the, especially those, the second two scenes, the one where she's in, uh, Ray is in Ben's quarters mm-hmm. and then he's down on the planet surface. Yeah, that was so cool. That was an awesome fight. And yeah. then how the, in the, in the climax, she drops the lightsaber behind her back into his that hand. Yeah, um, that was so sweet. I will say also to build on that scene specifically, I was really disappointed in the in Ren's nights. Uh, it was all that talk, and oh, we barely least, got any screen you time. You thought they all blew up with Chewie, so at least like 
they weren't all just blown up in a ship right away. True. At least there was a little it's, bit it's of It's like in uh, MacGruber where like, yeah, all the yeah, prisoners yeah. died at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Um, yeah, and I thought, yeah, the, the, the Knights of Ren just feel like they're just like excuses for toys, basically. Yeah, but I just, oh God, there was so much potential. It's just like an empire where you get all the bounty hunters and nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, man, those are going to be some dope-ass action figures. For sure. <laughs> I am really looking forward to, I, I assume we're going to have a whole season where we just read all of the bounty hunter books. Oh, I mean, like, there's the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book, which I wanted to devote, like, an episode to, definitely, but they if did, not multiple they episodes. Did, they did a single book for each of the Bounty Hunters in Empire. Oh, really? They all got their own novel. Was this, was, was this still when the, the Expanded Universe was, like, pre-Disney? Yeah. Oh, that's this was awesome. like This was, like, back in the, I think it was, like, the mid-80s. Oh, they each got one? Yeah, Dengar got one, Boss got one, uh, IG-88 got one, and then uh, Forlom and the guy I always forget the name of got one. Uh, and Boba. Yeah, the other guy is um, the one with like the bug eyes. Yeah, what he's the fuck a, is so Forlom is the droid, and they're like a partnership. Is it Z something? Zos. I don't remember. Something. That sounds right. I don't know. That's like always like the. I think that's like the ultimate Star Wars nerd question. Is like, can you name every bounty hunter that appeared in Empire? I can name all of them, but one. Yeah, that's pretty good. And that's the one I always forget the name of. All right, well, I think we can call it here. So, um, you know, let's just go around and say um, on like a, you know, like a F to A scale what we thought of uh, of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Start with you, Cole. I'm going to give it a B plus, honestly. I thought it was really, really, really enjoyable. I think this is a pretty, like, linear progression, like, overall, I guess, in terms of advancing story. I think how this all came together and how it tied everything together was pretty effective. Um, I know people are already shitting on it online, but <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't care. I, I enjoyed myself, and really, when I go to the movies, that's what I want. I want to enjoy myself. Amen. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's on uh, B, B+. Plus. I think it's on a similar level for me. Um, I said, certainly my favorite of the new trilogy, um, as far as the Disney stuff. I think I've, I've got a real soft spot for Rogue One. I think uh, that's well, yeah. my favorite. But this is up there with with Solo and Mandalorian for me, for that like number two spot. So... Anyways, I was just very impressed how they wrapped it up with what they had given themselves uh, based on the first two movies. Yeah, so I give them a lot of credit for that. So yeah, I'm, you know, of course I'll I'll be going to see it again and and kind of, you know, I'll read all the online stuff, all the Easter eggs and that kind of stuff, and see it again and kind of, you know, rejudge from there. But yeah, very happy right now. B plus, B plus. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say just a solid B. It was just a. It was. It, it was decent. It was. It was very, very, very decent in a way that Force Awakens and Last Jedi weren't, and I appreciated that. And I think they did the best that they could do, considering that George is no longer involved and that this is a Disney property now. Um, so my head is off to them, and I think you know going in with low expectations and hearing all the bad reviews was probably the best possible uh, way I could have gone into this movie. So I think that maybe could have greatly affected my enjoyment of the movie. I mean, maybe if it had been hyped up, I could have been giving it a C right now. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, on that on that note, I'll say it was it was very decent, very decent. Amen. Decent indeed. All right. Well, um, that's been it for this uh, special bonus. Uh, review of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we're going to make this uh, available on the feed um, instead of just as a Patreon exclusive uh, just to give you a taste of what you might be getting in the future if you subscribe. Alright, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.